listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Broncos country, what's up? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos. We're here from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host of today's episode, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Broncos. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast already, please do so by going to Apple Podcasts, hitting that little subscribe button, and you get Locked On Broncos delivered to your phone every single day. So if you're not subscribing, hit that button. Get active today, and also you can follow the show on Spotify as well. But ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of the show, it is Crossover Wednesday. I spent part of my day with you guys yesterday, text message Tuesday on my birthday. I want to thank you guys for all the love and the support you showed me. Uh, but there were some interesting things that happened yesterday in Broncos country, and we're going to talk with Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. He had a bunch of questions about former Broncos outside linebacker coach Brandon Staley, who is a branch of the Vic Fangio coaching tree. I gave him a little bit of insight, provide my perspective on Vic Fangio's defense and how it may translate for the LA Rams. So we have a discussion today, but before we get into that interview, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you about some of the Broncos news of the hour so far from what we learned yesterday is John Elway and Vic Fangio both met with the Denver media yesterday on a conference call to talk about some of the burning questions that I think everybody has leading up to this year's NFL draft. And one of the most interesting parts about what was asked is how the Broncos came to the thought process on adding another running back to the mix with Melvin Gordon. And Vic Fangio had mentioned that both him and John Elway both talked about it a while back and both of them shared the same exact view on it. They feel like it would make the running back room better, would give them a chance and Vic Fangio referenced that he would go back. He watched Melvin Gordon against the Broncos in 2018, the first two games against Denver and he watched him this year when they played. He mentioned in that first matchup when he made his return from the holdout in week five that he was a little rusty but he still had traits about him that intrigued him. And then in the final game that these two teams played in Drew Locke's debut, he watched that film and he saw the characteristics from Melvin Gordon that made him say, look, this is a guy that we want to target, and him and John Elway share the same sentiments on it, and now they brought him in. And, and Vic Fangio, too, also talked about Philip Lindsay and said that he's, he understands that Philip Lindsay is a competitor. He's not just going to let somebody get the job. You know, He's not going to let somebody just take it. He's going to respect that competition. He's excited about it. And John Elway, too, everybody's wondering what this means for Philip Lindsay. Is he going to be traded or the Broncos going to extend him? And John Elway had mentioned that he has spoken with Philip Lindsay's agent, but that doesn't mean there's any guarantee guarantees about anything that can happen, but the team would like to move forward with a contract extension for him as well. And Vic Fangio and John Oway also touched on in the media conference call the fact that they're prepared for the NFL draft, working away from the complex at the UC Health Training Center in Inglewood, Colorado. And they said they don't really know how everything's going to play out. But when it comes to current NFL prospects, and even some of the guys that might not be on the top draft boards for a lot of NFL teams, guys that didn't get to really showcase their pro day due to the coronavirus and the quarantine, John Elway said that his scouting department, they've already put together a lot of information and that the scouts already have profiles on junior players that are going to be set to enter the NFL draft next season in 2021 for the 2021 NFL draft and that the Broncos are already looking that way. So they've got all their homework pretty much done in this year's scouting prospects. They do plan to conduct meetings with potential draft prospects that they have interest in via Zoom or iPhone and there's just a whole process that they're having to do things a lot differently, obviously given the circumstances that the entire sports world is facing at this point in time, and the NFL draft is still going to carry on as expected. But even Vic Fangio gave some more enlightening news for the Denver Broncos, talking about that the philosophy at this point in time, based on what the team did in NFL free agency, 
the philosophy of maybe choosing the best player available will help them out. But he also said that the team is going to look at a variety of different needs. The question was asked whether or not the Broncos need to focus their idea on the offensive side of the ball to give Drew Locke some weapons or obviously to protect him with some offensive line help. And Vic Fangio, John Elway both mentioned that the team still has various needs on both sides of the ball. They're not leaning in any in one specific direction or the other, but that they're going to evaluate everything and see how the board falls. They pick at 15. And if the Broncos don't trade up, I mean, there was no talk about them potentially trading up and obviously that's to be expected you wouldn't expect a head coach and a GM to kind of tip their hat in a media cap about me what they're planning on doing or what they may be looking at but they had a mention at picking at pick number 15 they got to see how the NFL draft board falls what teams pick who and who is available when the Denver Broncos are on the clock in the 2020 NFL draft and I think that's very intriguing as well and he's also asked about how these offseason moves and the additions John Elway was how it changes the culture of the defensive room or even the football team in general Vic Fangio had touched base on A.J. Boye and Jarrell Casey by saying that all remains to be seen. Obviously, they're two good football players that we're happy to have. They've got experience in multiple systems, and anything we might ask them to do for us, they should be capable from a mental standpoint. Vic Fangio said that it would just be a trial and error to see what best fits the 11 guys we have. He says that I'm confident that however our defense turns out, what type of defense it needs to be, these guys will fit in a multitude of schemes. So the Broncos really trying to figure out how to pinpoint A.J. Boye, Jarrell Casey into their new addition. But when it comes to the culture of the locker room and changing things, when you lose guys like Chris Harris Jr., you lose guys along the lines of Derek Wolf. He said that, you know, you miss those contributions and it's part of the process of teams moving on and going a different direction. And certainly the Broncos wish them the best and they played a very historic role in Broncos history and Broncos success, obviously winning Super Bowl 50. So the Broncos have made some moves. Obviously, we know with Graham Glasgow too, Vic Fangio mentioned that he liked him because he's from Pennsylvania, from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Obviously, Vic being a guy from Pennsylvania himself but just the toughness he could bring he says he's a guard he's a center the team's viewing him right now as a guard but they also know that he could end up being the team center if they feel like he might better serve them there on the Broncos offensive line and so ladies and gentlemen coming up here in just a moment we're going to begin our interview with Brad Motter a crossover episode here with Locked On Rams talking about Brandon Staley coming up in just a moment but before we do that ladies and gentlemen I got to remind you guys to check out the YouTube channel Cody Orkin We've got some film breakdown content for you. If you guys haven't subscribed to the channel, go to YouTube, type in Cody Rourke NFL, and check out the film breakdowns that we've done on Alexander Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, AJ Boy, the Broncos offseason signings. We got it all there on the YouTube channel for you. So on top of your Lockdown Broncos listening experience, check out the viewing visual experience of the podcast from a film breakdown perspective. Cody, before we get into the Rams and what they might expect with Staley at coordinator, take me back to his last year there in Denver as linebackers coach. Although he wasn't in control of that defense, you would assume that some of those principles will transfer over. What was your take on how Denver was last year under that system? You know, it was Vic Fangio's first year, and Brandon Staley is a very, very talented young coach. He obviously spent some time with Vic Fangio in Chicago. Vic brought him over from Chicago to Denver, so that speaks volumes. You know, he's kind of a sponge to Vic Fangio. I would anticipate what you may see uh, with Brandon Staley in terms of principles. You might see a transition to a more solidified 3-4 scheme. And I think with Aaron Donald playing on the interior of that defensive line, look, that's going to help a lot of the issues I think the Rams had all across the board, and certainly defense is one of those things. But my biggest take on how things went in Denver last year under this system led by Vic Fangio, something that you guys will see a little bit of a blend and a mix of with Brandon Staley. I don't think you're going to see Vic Fangio's entire defense. I think you're going to see a blend of Vic Fangio's defense with Brandon Staley's 
own kind of philosophy, his own terminology, own spin on things. And certainly it'd be something to, to kind of look into there. But the Broncos got off to a lo- really slow start in uh, 2019 in terms of getting pass rush pressure on the quarterback. The Broncos registered their first sack of the season in week four against Jacksonville. And that wasn't because Brandon Staley wasn't doing anything or Vic Fangio was struggling with the defense. It's just the Broncos faced a lot of teams with a quick passing game. So I think for Brandon Staley, it's going to have to take that learning experience because the Broncos ended up getting back on track. They had seven sacks and 12 games from Derek Wolf. You had Von Miller who had eight and a half sacks. And then you had a variety of other guys, Shelby Harris with six sacks. So the productivity came a little bit later on for this team, Draymond Jones, two sacks. So this Broncos defense finally got some things going. I do think that right now, personnel wise, defensive line, you know, I think with Aaron Donald, it's a good scheme fit. You know, you can line them up in a zero tech, which Vic Fangio did a lot with uh, the Denver Broncos defense. He lined up one of his most disruptive defensive tackles in a zero, push the center back, send the inside linebackers, and play coverage on the backside. So probably a zone covered defense, which would be a lot different uh, with Brandon Staley in comparison to what you guys saw with Wade Phillips. Yeah, and we'll get to that a little bit later, too, because I want to talk to you about uh, kind of the transition from Wade into this new defense. But you mentioned kind of uh, one of the first things you saw, maybe not necessarily due to the defense, but some getting some pressure on the quarterback in the first you know handful of weeks in the season. And for the Rams, looking at what they've lost, Clay Matthews was released. Uh, you looking at Dante Fowler Jr. was, you know, let go via free agency. Corey Littleton's gone. Uh, so it's going to be interesting as where the Rams are going to get this pressure from. A lot of young guys going to be stepping up, potentially guys in the draft that we'll be looking at. But um, <clears throat> when you see Brandon Staley kind of already putting his imprint on this defense, yes, the Rams were strapped with capital. Uh, do you think he just wants to kind of bring in his own linebackers or uh, where do you see him kind of going in direction of that? And you, you kind of mentioned kind of moving a little bit off of the traditional 3-4 of what you saw with Fangio and him putting his own imprint. But at the linebacker role, how are the Rams going to kind of step up? Is it young guys or do you think there's guys in this draft that they might be able to go get? You know, I think it could be a combination of the two. It really depends on what Sean McVay has to say. I know Sean McVay's got a lot of say right now in that Rams organization. And and certainly I think a lot of it depends on how much trust he has in a first-year defensive coordinator. That's going to be the biggest thing, too. And and for Sean McVay, it is kind of a little bit of a risk. You know, firing Wade Phillips was a tough decision. But then going in and hiring a first-year defensive coordinator, coming off a season where you struggled and defense kind of struggled and the offense struggled to get things going a little bit, I'd say it's a big gamble by the Rams but in terms of I do think that they'll probably go with some more you know there's some free agent options out there that they may take a look at you mentioned they lost Corey Littleton I, I do think that the NFL draft will probably be a an area where I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams use their first pick in the NFL draft in uh, 2020 on a defensive player specifically maybe a linebacker or a big time safety I mean I think it really just depends but at this point in time the blueprint out there for Brandon Staley it's very unclear we just know that it could be a bland or a mix of a 3-4 style scheme some match zone concepts and I think that it's really going to be predicated off of pressure you have Aaron Donald but what do you have outside of Aaron Donald that can get to the quarterback alongside Dante Fowler you know those guys departing I think is a a big thing with Corey Littleton gone Dante Fowler gone they got to figure out who are they going to put on that defense in terms of personnel to help get pressure so I think right now Brandon Staley is entering some uh, tough waters as a first year defensive coordinator on a Rams team that lost a lot of talent and have some question marks I think really he's been a very good coach as a position coach developing some outside linebackers. I want to mention that Malik Reed for the Denver Broncos, he was an undrafted outside backer for them. He burst onto the scene last year in the NFL, and a lot of it was due to Brandon Staley and his wise coaching and and being in a scheme fit, being able to identify 
what player strengths are. And I think that's something that Brandon Staley will bring to the table that is very good, is that he knows what his players can and can't do, and he's not going to try to put them in a position to do something that they're not able to do. And I think he's learned that from Vic Fangio, and I think that could definitely pay off. But ultimately, I do see them going with more likely probably his own type of guys that can fit his mold, and he's going to develop them, and he's going to have his hand on that defense. He's going to put some trust in the other position coaches to obviously take care of some other positions. But I think that you'll see him calling the defensive plays, and he'll have a strict emphasis on really kind of being around the linebackers probably. I'm talking about the linebackers and really what Brandon Staley has to come into and kind of put his own imprint here. We briefly talked about that draft, but looking at the Rams first selections at 52, they've got uh, two in the third, one in the fourth, uh, six picks overall. Is there anyone in this draft class as you've been paying attention and kind of doing your own research, whether it's for the Broncos or not, um, that kind of jumps out to you. That could be a good replacement as far as the linebacking group, whether it's an edge rusher or, you know, you know, kind of a middle linebacker that you could place in there in the three, four. You know, I actually just displaced us. I, I didn't realize that the, the Rams aren't picking until the second round there. So they don't have that first round pick. Uh, so I think that really makes things interesting. Uh, but keep an eye on CU, a local Colorado guy, CU buff, Davion Taylor. He's very fast. I believe he ran a 4.39 40-yard dash at his NFL comp, his pro day. Um, not at the NFL combine, but at his pro day that he did right before the whole quarantine mess and it got everything shut down. He was uh, He was very impressive. He had a very impressive pro day showing at CU. He's fast. He's rangy. I really like a guy like him. And, you know, I, I think there's some other options, too, but I think they're all first round options unless the Rams are looking to trade up in a round one, which I don't know how much capital they have to do just that. There's a there's obviously a Patrick Queen out of LSU. There's also Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. I, I just don't know if those guys will be even available. I think they're going to be gone mid round one. So I, I think for the Rams, it's going to be tough pickings, especially sitting at 52 in round number two. They are really hurting. And I think a lot of it just goes to cap purgatory, to be honest with you, Brad. Looking at what the Rams have done this offseason from an outside perspective, I've just been scratching my head trying to figure out what the heck are they doing and how are they going to counteract paying a quarterback over $100 million and still having a lot of salary cap issues when it comes to that. That to me is one of the biggest obstacles I think that this Rams team is going to face in 2020. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I've been covering this team every single day and, and I'm still scratching my head on what they're doing as far as the cap and what their plan is. And I was originally, and just to kind of sidetrack here, but I was originally on board with the signing of Jared Goff. I was like, let's get it out of the way. Let's get ahead of the curve. So we're not behind guys like Dak and having to try to compete with that. But then again, now I'm sitting here going, uh, maybe we should just stretch this out and, and you know, ha- gave him that fifth year option and kept playing this down the road a little bit and then giving us options. Because right now it's golf or bust at this point. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, he had one half or, you know, one down year last year, I guess. Uh, but he still has a lot to prove. It's going to be a big year, not only just for, uh, you know, new coordinators coming into town, Sean McVay kind of taking control of personnel, but guys like Jared Goff are going to be under the gun as well to perform with those contracts. So as we get back to the defense here, uh, you know, we talked about guys that have kind of moved along and listening to a few quotes from Staley since he's gotten here, he's talking about having a very tough physical team that can stop the run. He seems to want to really focus on that. Was that a big thing for Denver last year in, in the Fangio defense was stopping the run? And, and if so, how do you see them kind of doing that and trying to, uh, you know, basically uh, cut and paste that here in Los Angeles? 
Well, yeah, that became a big portion of the Broncos' plans defensively because in the first four weeks, they were averaging a lot of rushing yards per game. They were bottom last, I believe, in the NFL. They allowed over 225 yards to Leonard Fournette, and uh, they had to find a way to stop things. So they made some adjustments. They moved Shelby Harris from nose tackle to defensive end. They placed Mike Purcell at the nose tackle position. They inserted Alexander Johnson as an inside linebacker. And once they made some of those moves there, the Broncos' defense was actually really good against the run last year. And their, their slow start kind of put them behind in the rankings, but they were able to work their way back up. And then they uh, they became a, a more solidified unit, the number one red zone defense in the NFL. So I think really, uh, Brad, it's going to be predicated off of Brandon Staley really putting together a tough defensive unit that is focusing on stopping the run and then forcing other teams to try to pass the ball. And you got to be sure that you have the guys in the secondary, if I'm not mistaken, Jalen Ramsey's, back in the fold for you guys this year. Who else do you guys have in that secondary that's going to help out? Because you really are as good as your personnel. And I felt like that's where Wade Phillips, I felt was almost made a fall guy in some points and cases in last year with how the defense had played. I felt like him being fired was a little bit of that kind of fall guy reaction due to the fact that the team struggled as a whole defensively with blown blown coverages and then offensively sometimes failing to score points. Uh, That was where I was really frustrated with seeing how things unfolded in LA because I like watching the NFL in general. And so when I was watching LA, I mean, they were a fun team to watch and obviously they battled a variety of injuries offensively, defensively. Um, I think that is the one thing I'm looking at, to be honest with you, Brad, is I think that Brandon Staley is going to have his hands full. You've got Aaron Donald, but what do you have outside of him at the end positions and at the outside backer positions, your inside backer positions? Those are going to be the most critical. And I also think that your box safety, your strong safety is going to be probably the most important player on that defense outside of Aaron Donald going into 2020. If they really want to focus on being a tough, stingy defense, especially when you have a division that's got now, um, you got Murray down there in Arizona, you got Russell Wilson in Seattle, you got Jimmy G and that offense that they got going down there in San Francisco. It's going to be a tough uh, spread overall for the LA Rams. And I think that you have to come out and you have to embody that with toughness and bringing guys in that fit the mold and the identity of what the football team's going to do. And that's going to be stingy ball control defense. And I think that Brandon Staley's got the right philosophy. Will it translate instantly in 2020? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, that's a, that's really good points there. And you talked about the back end, Troy Hills on the other side of Jalen Ramsey. Both those guys are in the last year of their contract. That's why uh, you're seeing some people with reactions when the Rams and some of these mock drafts are getting cornerbacks. People are like, well, we got these guys that have been awesome. Well, two of them, you know, aren't under contract past 2020. Deontay Dion was just brought back. We've got uh, a few other guys, David Long Jr., a second year player out of Michigan. They've got some high hopes for it. But Nikel Roby Coleman is gone. Uh, You're getting John Johnson safety back. That's going to be a big pickup uh, for the Rams in 2020. And we'll see how he works with Taylor. Rap, but look for them also to maybe add another safety in there. Uh, you never know with injury. And Taylor Rapp is a guy that can kind of move into that Nikel Roby Coleman role as you're looking at the Rams base look with four defensive backs last year. Only 35% of their defensive plays happened that way in 2019. So we'll see how it transitions, what the difference is going to be with Staley in here. Uh, but coming up, we're going to kind of finish this out. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about some of the good and bad with Wade Phillips and maybe what Brandon Staley can bring in and change that. We'll close this out. Coming up more on Brandon Staley with Lockdown Broncos, Cody Rourke. So we're here with Cody Rourke of Lockdown Broncos. Guys, don't forget to go give him a follow on Twitter. That is Cody Rourke NFL and Lockdown Broncos doing a lot of great stuff on the network here, as well as uh, just covering the NFL in general, always all over Twitter, putting up great content, especially as the draft is coming up, looking at tape and kind of breaking down players and where they might fit. So make sure to go check them out there. 
Uh, as we talked earlier about Wade Phillips here in Los Angeles, and you mentioned, um, you know, kind of as maybe this scapegoat in a sense of that firing. The one thing I always think about here on the show and talked about a handful of times is I almost wonder is even if that going into that last season, if things were kind of on edge, that Wade Phillips didn't really kind of adjust the way that I think Sean McVay really wanted as they transitioned over their three years. Sean McVay was always, you know, about building a game plan from week to week. And Wade Phillips was basically, this is my defense. And occasionally, I think one time last year, he switched basically from a zone concept to a man-to-man concept once they got Jalen Ramsey. That was about as much as he did as far as changing um, what are your take on what do you think Brandon Staley? Do you think he's going to kind of go with a different direction with that and kind of get a little bit more of the young generation of coaching and kind of game planning and switching things up from week to week? What did you see in Denver? Is that something that the Rams might want to expect in 2020? You know, he comes from an old school guy, Vic Fangio. When I talk about old school, the way this guy prepares for games, he has a detailed game plan. They start game planning for their next upcoming opponent before they play their current week's opponent. They do that on about Friday. They start Friday and Saturday. You know, once they have their walkthroughs initially, they start to have different parts of the department's start to break down film and start to break down the other opponent. So, I mean, that's where I think that Brandon Staley will benefit. Learning from a guy who's been in the NFL as a defense coordinator for a long time and a successful defense coordinator at that with Vic Fangio, I do think that's going to benefit him well. And I think also with the philosophy of being a young defensive coach alongside a young head coach in the NFL, the, the culture right now suggests that, look, sometimes experience trumps that. And I remember there was a theme. There's only one Sean McVay, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay. I, I don't believe the, the next Sean McVay out there exists, but I do believe that every single coach brings a unique perspective. And I think for Brandon Staley, his experience as a position coach, being around Vic Fangio and being part of that defensive install in terms of a game plan and trying to figure out how are we going to get to this quarterback? What kind of matchups are we going to try to utilize? Are we going to match this corner who's a little bit taller than this receiver? Or we want to match up a guy who's got similar speed, similar height? You know, what is the best fit? These things I think that Brandon Staley is going to do. So how Sean McVay prepares for games offensively, I think you're going to see the same exact approach from Brandon Staley as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, that does get a little bit of exciting when you're talking about that. And you hope that even on Sean McVay's side of it, as well as bringing in an offensive coordinator, maybe that takes a little bit of load off. And now he can also now have that same preparation on the defense side of the ball. The other thing that was kind of interesting over the time period of Wade being here was he didn't really utilize the blitz as much. Going back to Last year kind of stepped it up a little bit. I think maybe that was even McVeigh pushing it a little bit, but they blitzed on 29% of their plays in 2019. That was 16th most in the NFL. Um, when we're looking at the Broncos, what type of blitz packaging uh, did they do? Was it from the linebackers? Was it, you know, corner blitz? What, what type of stuff did they do? Or were they pretty much straight up as, as far as it goes when it came to blitzing? I think the Rams, as far as looking for pressure sometimes, wanted to kind of bring more people. You got Aaron Donald on that front, but sometimes it's tempting to bring another guy, uh, maybe a free runner at the quarterback. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought this up. I just did a film breakdown on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL about the Broncos defense and Alexander Johnson was an inside linebacker for them. Now, one thing that they did that they had a lot of success at. So what you're going to see in the defense, if Brandon Staley does utilize this, which I imagine he would, he did have a hand on the linebacker position, but they would obviously send the edge rushers a little bit upfield, kind of wide, almost kind of bow the tackles out. They would send both inside linebackers on stunts, but they would send it to the same gap. They'd blitz Todd Davis right up the B 
gap and he would blitz right at the running back. And then they would bring Alexander Johnson from the other side around through the same exact gap. And what would open that up is that the Broncos use their nose tackle to cross face to that center or that guard, which creates a free space to get pressure on the inside. So I think you might see a lot of that. And, and I'll tag you in it, Brad, on Twitter so you can reference a play you might be able to see with them, especially from inside linebacker play. I do believe in a Brandon Staley defense. Aaron Donald is going to be big, as I had mentioned, but I think the two inside backers are going to be very, very critical in what they do. And I think having a really good cover guy like Jalen Ramsey, I think that's going to help out even more. So if the Rams can get pressure, how we've historically seen them do it, they don't have the players that they used to anymore back a couple of years ago when their defense was all across the board with Aqib Tlaib, and you had other guys there that contributed. I, I do think that the Rams do have the, uh, the personnel, I think, to maybe make this work. As of right now, I think it's a big question mark. And Brad, you know as well, you cover the Rams, you're in the Rams market every single day young talent you just have question marks on just because you don't know exactly what you have because those veteran players that have now departed are now elsewhere now you got to see what these guys can do coming in so I think that you're going to see an aggressive approach I think you're going to see blitz from the inside linebacker when the Broncos had Chris Harris Jr. in training camp before Bryce Callahan had a screw broken in his foot they would blitz the nickel slot a lot. And Vic Fangio started doing that towards the end of the season as well with Will Parks, who's now Philadelphia Eagle. So I think that you're going to see some nickel blitzes. You're going to see inside backer stunts. You're going to see a lot of uh, tackle and twists. And I think that's going to be the real big uh, part of where you're going to see some pressure from this Rams defense. I think having Aaron Donald there too, to cross the face of that center or that guard is going to make the, the defense's job so much easier from inside backer or even the safety or the nickel positions. Yeah, anytime Aaron Donald goes anywhere, it draws two, maybe three, people's attention so that always helps you kind of get off the ground when you're talking about bringing extra people and uh, I love you talking about you know that those nickel blitzes and I see Taylor rap I just envision him because he's such a great tackler he is such a great read and react player that I think he'd fit well into that if they could kind of build a little package around him coming in and putting on some pressure Um, and it's really interesting as you're talking about all this and we're talking about all the new coordinators Uh, This is a very interesting time because we just had a, you know, an NFL channel call where we're all the hosts were getting on and kind of talking and we're talking about how this offseason is going to play out and, you know, OTAs and training camp and all that being potentially pushed back and very limited roles. So guys that are brand new and you talked about the linebacker role needing to step up and all those guys are gone now and all these snaps are now available for these guys to go get it. And a very interesting transition for the Rams in a weird time. Uh, this would be a good time to maybe keep things very similar, but the Rams obviously didn't really foresee all this happening, but they made a bunch of changes. So that's another thing is how quickly can this all come together if they go draft a guy, if they've got a guy on the roster already, like Micah Kaiser, who's coming off an injury, hasn't seen much playing at all on the defense side of the ball. Uh, all those things are going to kind of come into play. But if it comes together, it seems like this defense could get back to uh, where the Rams really expect it to be and where we saw it at times over the past couple of years. It just couldn't really build the consistency under Wade. And I think that was a big part of him leaving. But uh, Cody, always love talking to you. Always love hearing you talk football. Uh, again, if you guys aren't following him on Twitter, if you're an NFL fan, it's a must follow. So go check him out. I appreciate you coming on and uh, look forward to uh, when we get a chance to talk again, a little bit more about some football, maybe post draft as we kind of look at and see how all this kind of shook out. Always, my friend. Thank you so much, Brad. Always uh, appreciate what you do, and you do a great job here with Locked On Rams.
And that'll do it for today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. And please, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. One of the things I want to mention to you guys, too, you know, we're, we, while we're all dealing with this social distancing, I want you guys to tell three friends, three Broncos fans that you know, to subscribe to this podcast as well, to take a listen to Lockdown Broncos for their daily Broncos fix during this crazy time. We got a lot of cool stuff in store for you guys, a lot of guests in the future plus player series breakdowns coming your way as we approach the NFL draft and we've got a locked on NFL mock draft coming your way in the very near future. So Broncos country, thank you once again. I'm Cody Rourke. I'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. And like I said, tell three friends to tell a friend.